Welcome to the ADV podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Mineralogy. I'm Daniel. And I'm Adriana. And we are your hosts. Every month, the JADV chooses and highlights four articles in a section called Editor's Picks. Today, we explore the Editor's Picks for November 2022. We will be exploring the topics another skin manifestation of COVID-19, seeking a new treatment option for hydrodenitis suppurativa, comorbidities of hospital-diagnosed hyperhidrosis, and nickel exposure during pregnancy. But before we get into that... Applying for your ADV membership allows you to become part of a vibrant international community of professionals and gives you access to a variety of benefits and tools to deepen your knowledge while remaining up to date in your latest findings in your specialty. You're just two steps away from becoming an ADV member. Apply today. Visit eadv.org if you wish to learn more. Save the date for our upcoming symposium hosted in Seville, Spain, 18th to the 20th of May 2023. Discover the latest scientific updates across acne, pigmentary disorders, atopic dermatitis, pediatric dermatology, and more. The symposium format offers you the chance to meet leaders in your specialty from all over Europe and beyond. Stay tuned for more. And now, the editor's picks. Another skin manifestation of COVID-19. COVID-19 has been reported to be associated with multiple cutaneous manifestations. Burgos Blasco and colleagues describe a series of eight patients with new-onset aquagenic syringeal acrokeratoderma ASA, in the last year, five of whom presented with a positive nasopharyngeal swab for SARS-CoV-2 at the time of the first symptoms. All of these patients reported no further symptoms of ASA during follow-up after COVID-19 resolution. The authors speculate on possible causes for this condition. There was no evidence for known comorbidities such as hyperhidrosis or cystic fibrosis. Although increased handwashing during the pandemic may be a probable trigger for ASA, this factor by itself does not explain the fading of ASA symptoms after COVID-19 resolution. Abnormal pericrine lymphocytic infiltrate and the presence of SARS-CoV-2 spike protein in the eccrine or sweat glands may explain a possible transitory dysfunction of sweat glands, which could in turn result in transient ASA symptoms during the course of the disease. They also acknowledge that the small sample size poses a problem for generalising these results. However, there may be underdiagnosis of this condition, possibly due to its transitory nature and the lack of access to virtual consultation. Seeking a new treatment option for hydrodenitis suppurativa. Hydrodenitis suppurativa is a chronic debilitating skin disease with high levels of suffering for affected patients and limited non-invasive treatment options. Keratinocyte dysfunction has previously been suggested as a key factor in the development and chronification of the disease, but the precise contribution of keratinocytes to the activation of innate and adaptive immune responses remains clear. By RNA sequencing and matching perilesional and lesional epidermis of five patients undergoing therapeutic surgery, Frings and colleagues show that lesional HS epidermis is characterized by strong keratinocytic stress signature, dominated by activator protein 1 gene expression and pronounced Janus kinase signal transducer and activator of transcription activation, which promotes expression of key inflammatory genes, regulating the innate immune response of T-cell activation. Treatment of patient-derived keratinocytes with type 1 interferon led to persistent STAT1 phosphorylation and could recapitulate the expression of important immunomodulatory genes upregulated in HS lesions. Induction of several of these epidermal immunoregulatory genes was further enhanced by interferon co-stimulation, but could be completely abrogated by pharmacological JAK1 inhibition. 
Given the often unsatisfactory response of patients to the currently approved targeted therapy, the JAK-STAT1 signaling pathway may be promising treatment approach. Comorbidities of hospital-diagnosed hyperhidrosis In a cohort study, Henning and co-authors described the comorbidities present among patients with hyperhidrosis diagnosed during hospitalization. They consider this to be important because it can aid the clinician in treating these patients. In a large nationwide database of altogether approximately 7 million patients, 12,322 patients had a hyperhidrosis diagnosis corresponding to an overall prevalence of 0.22%, with a 0.12% for localised and 0.015% for generalised hyperhidrosis. For localised hyperhidrosis, the most common comorbidities were abdominal pain, soft tissue disorders and dorsalgia. For generalised hyperhidrosis, dorsalgia, angina, pectoris and depression, perhaps due to the mental burden and social isolation, were the most common. The authors discussed that these comorbidities have previously been reported in the literature. Their results also show that hyperhidrosis was diagnosed only after the comorbidities had been diagnosed and treated in hospitals. This suggests that treatment of these comorbidities may help patients to receive early diagnosis and cope with hyperhidrosis and thereby improve the disease course. Future research may help to confirm these findings. Does nickel exposure during pregnancy affect children's immunity? Nickel remains the most common cause of contact allergy, with exposure leading to a delayed hypersensitivity response in the skin and particularly affects female, thus warranting a focus on women of childbearing age. At the same time, nickel is a well-known toxic substance, inducing adverse effects such as preterm delivery, congenital heart defects, and craniosynostosis. Little is known about the effects on children's immunity. Taiwanese authors from departments of dermatology, pediatrics, and environmental health science teamed together to investigate the potential immunological effects of material nickel exposure in their children at an early development stage. In a birth cohort of 140 mother-child pairs evaluated by Ho and colleagues, material nickel exposure was shown to be associated with abnormal levels of serum cytokines and chemokines mostly of the Th1 type in their 3-year-old children. After adjusting for covariates in a multivariate regression analysis, material nickel exposure was associated with increased serum levels of interleukin-2, interleukin-1, and TNF, but decreased levels of matrix metalloproteinases and eotaxin-1. The development of childhood atopic dermatitis at 3 years old was significantly associated with serum levels of immunoglobin E and interleukin-2 receptor, but negatively associated with maternal nickel exposure. This might be due to the strong Th1-inducing effects of nickel exposure. Our first article was Transient Aquagenic Syringeal Aquacaratoderma During COVID-19 Outbreak a retrospective case series of eight patients by Burgos Blasco and co-authors. Our second article was Stress Signaling and STAT1 Activation Characterized the Keratinocytic Gene Expression Pattern in Hydrodenitis Suprativa by Frings and co-authors. Our third article was The Temporal Association of Hyperhidrosis and Its Comorbidities, a nationwide hospital-based cohort study by Henning and co-authors. Our fourth article was Prenatal Exposure to Nickel and Atopic Dermatitis at Age 3 Years, a birth cohort study with cytokine profiles by Ho and co-authors. Of course, all of the research presented today can be found in the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venerology. Though you can find free access and open articles, EDV members benefit greatly by having access to all articles and content. We would like to give a special thank you to all of our listeners. 
If you haven't already, it really helps us if you subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any major podcast provider. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. Until the next episode. Take care of your skin.